Sin acknowledges and pays respects to the owners of the land, the house of Sin, and the studio stands, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sin also acknowledges and pays respects to the elders and traditional owners of the land our content reaches, as well as the radio stations we broadcast from across the country. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Sports Desk. Uh, I can't believe we're here, Jacob, honestly, given everything that's going on. It's been an interesting week, and um, I think the AFL's been keeping us alive a little bit. The the (laughs) AFL has been keeping everybody alive at the moment, but we're not just going to be talking about COVID-19 or the latest AFL news today. We're also going to be talking about the NRL, and to cheer everybody up, Jacob and I are going to be talking about, well, our favourite sporting memories from the past 10 years. Mm, I can't wait to see what you've got, mm. and I've got some uh, some interesting ones to share here and there. I'm sure you have. I can see your Collingwood scarf on. I, I can imagine that that might work its way into it. Oh, look, there might be one or two things that are just outside of the decade at this point, Just we'll a- see. Just outside of the decade. <laughs> well, I'm very much looking forward to all the discussions we're going to be having today. We're on your radio, we're online, we're digital, we're everywhere. Sin Media. Where young people run the show. You are listening to the Sports Desk on Sin with Jacob and Tom. Now, unfortunately, (laughs) we're going to have to talk about... uh, the elephant in the room, uh, the coronavirus. Yes, and we are. And I just must preface this uh, segment by saying, Jacob, what a difference a week makes. This oh. time last week, we were talking about the AFL and they were examining the possibility of playing games in front of empty stadiums. Now, that is the reality. And we don't even know if it'll be this week. That's no, probably one of the scariest parts. That is one of the scariest parts. And more to the point, when we were discussing this last week, this was like blue sky thinking. This was something that was supposed to happen like weeks or months away. It wasn't supposed to happen in seven days' time. Oh, yeah. We were discussing, um, <laughs> we were getting excited for the Grand Prix, which we were. a day later, that's over. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's, that's right. It's oh. amazing to see because this, um, this is unprecedented. This is uh, history making. This is one of the scariest things for a sport fan very few things are still going. Uh, at the moment, the suspended um, sports we have are the NBA, mm-hmm. NHL, uh, the PGA Tour, the ECL, EPL, uh, the Europa League, uh, England versus South uh, Sri Lanka League, sorry. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the test match they were planning on having in Sri Lanka. Yep. The Australian Women's Tour and the Super Rugby. Mm. And delayed at the moment have been the Formula Ones, the VFL, which has been delayed until May, mm. the ATP Tour... Uh, and that's been delayed until April twentieth. Uh, uh, sorry, mm-hmm. and just as a FYI f- uh, for anyone, uh, all sport in Italy has also been banned, and Japan's going along that route as well. Yeah. So as we mentioned on last week's episode of Sports Desk, uh, Syria, which was the top 
Italian Soccer League, they were going to suspend all their games. In Japan, they're shutting down Major League, their national yeah, domestic league. Uh, baseball, uh, what do you call it, league. Mm. And, yeah, so it's sort of like sport is trying to get ahead of the curve here because we've seen governments, particularly the federal government, uh, sort of slowly react to this uh, unfolding situation, and it's been the sporting codes which have led the way. Mm. In like shutting down these public gatherings and you know, keeping everybody safe. In saying that, though, there have been some sporting um, outlets that have been trying to hang on mm. uh, by a thread. The AFL is probably the biggest one going mm. right now for us. Mm. Um, inter- uh, inter- uh, internationally, I can't think of many. I know one that I follow personally, and mm. I know whether or not it's a sport is uh, up for debate. But um, sports entertainment, they've got their biggest week coming up, mm. and that's, uh, that's up in the air as well. And... Um, it's just one interesting week to watch because mm. I'm not sure if you've watched anything, but uh, I recently watched a couple of the uh, sports entertainment stuff coming up and mm. uh, it's empty crowds and it's weird to see uh, for any sport, really. Mm. Um, I saw a clip of um, cricket players having to climb into the stands to find the ball. <laughs> and <laughs> wow. that, that's something you don't see outside of um, you know your, your local cricket game. It's, mm. oh, oh, guys, we might have to run and get that one. Yeah. Like... It, it, it's unprecedented and scary. It, it is slightly scary, but nevertheless, there are still some sports going ahead, including mm. the AFL as of present. As now, of the moment. That this is a currently unfolding situation. Apparently, the AFL will be calling a press conference soon. The Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, will be calling a press conference as well, if, if not, it's happening right now. If uh, if anything big comes up, mm. we'll tell you. We, we will. We will keep you up to date on the situation as it happens. Other uh, sports that are going ahead behind closed doors include the AFLW. They mm. trialled it over the weekend. It did okay. We'll talk about that in a moment. NRL, after having crowds in last week, they're not having them in this week. The NBL finals, so the National Basketball League, uh, I guess you could call it the final series between the Wildcats and the Sydney Kings. That's going to go ahead this Friday behind closed doors. The W League final is still going ahead and the A League is continuing as well. Uh, There are a couple of sports here which have an uncertain future. The Super Netball Domestic season hasn't started yet, but they don't know what's happening. And the Supercars competition, of course, the first race, which was sort of the opener for the Melbourne Grand Prix, that was cancelled along with the rest of the event. But they're pretty upbeat about it. They think that the sport can continue because a lot of their uh, revenue and audience comes from TV viewing rather than people mm. going to see the race. Mm. I think sports like that can uh, should be able to continue mm. pretty easily. Um but there are obviously the problems with uh, AFL and so on that obviously without a crowd, they're going to struggle. Mm. Um, Super Netball, I'm not sure how that's going to work for them without a crowd. Unfortunately, I do think uh, they might be forced to either postpone for quite a while mm. or just outright cancel. Um, and it's an unfortunate situation and it, it seems to only be getting worse for some sports. And I think the biggest one hanging on at the moment, as I said, was the AFL, which they recently got over Pendlebury, Scott Pendlebury having a mm. uh, COVID-19 scare um, and Taylor Adams was just announced to be quarantining after sh- uh, showing flu-like symptoms. So if you're a Collingwood fan, this is a nightmare. But Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it is what it is. And uh, I can only imagine that most players of and most games uh, are hoping that they get the postpone 
and that they don't have to play because the, these are scary times for both fans and the players. I can't imagine you'd want to play in these situations. No, well, I can't imagine that anybody would want to be in this situation. I mean, even just us walking mm. in, speaking anecdotally, the two of us heading into the studio this morning via public transport, you know, you sort of feel a little bit uneasy. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I've come in twice now uh, this week and uh, trains are empty. The city's been mm. dull, quiet. Yeah. Um, RMIT, where we brought broadcast from, mm. um, there's been nobody here because mm. classes are moving online and so yeah. on. And it's, yeah, you definitely feel it. And I can't imagine sport's going to go too much better with it either. No, no. But uh, this does uh, bring up a point I wanted to raise earlier. The AFLW, they did have their games telecast. They didn't let the crowds in, which isn't a big issue because the games for the AFLW have been free anyway. Mm. So people just rock up. But, uh, yeah, you we were discussing last week by, about AFL and how the telecast relies so much on the crowd and how they, you know, whoop and cheer and boost everybody up. They didn't have the crowd at the games on the weekend, but they did turn up the mics on the field. So we got the players' voices quite clearly coming through the television speakers. Mm. And it actually worked pretty well, yeah, I have I, to say. I, I, I enjoy the idea of that because obviously there is empty noise and dead noise mm. that you need to fill. Yeah. And um, I know I've seen different sports uh, try and do different things. I've seen mm. different commentators, extra commentators, mm. uh, mics on wherever they can. Mm. And yeah, it helps, but... I don't think there's many ways you can replace a crowd. There, there aren't very many ways. I know that this isn't strictly sports-related, but Stephen Colbert, who hosts The Late Show on uh, in America, on American television, he recently did away with his studio audience and he replaced them with members of his staff and his writing team. <laughs> so every time he just did a monologue or something like that, he was yeah, they just uh, cheered along. There was a small smattering of applause, bits of laughter here and there, and it actually worked quite well, mm. I have to say. It gave this like, really wholesome vibe. And I'm thinking they might be able to do something similar with uh, the AFL telecast. Maybe just have a small select group of people in like a room or something like that. And I like have the them idea that you have yeah. some of the staff uh, from each team mm. just in a room and you have the mics from that acting as an audience. Yeah, that could work. Definitely be a little biased and you'd have to see them maybe cut down on what they say. But uh, Or you could have a fan cam as well. Fan cam, yes. yeah. yeah. That, that would work. That would definitely work. Uh, so, yeah, plenty of great ideas coming from us. Um, if, if you're listening, Gillan McLaughlin, please, you know, call us on whatever our studio number is. Come in for an interview, yeah, mate. Come, come in for an interview. <laughs> We're very lonely in here, please. Uh, okay, we'll uh, leave our discussion there for now. We'll return with more news on the AFL. Uh, please remember to get in touch with us via all our social media pages, Twitter at SportsDeskSYN, Instagram using the same handle, and our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash SportsDeskSYN. Sin Media, where young people run the show. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition mm-hmm. of the Sports Desk. I'm Jacob, and today I'm joined by Tom. And uh, we've got a little bit to talk about, actually. We've got um, more AFL, and uh, there was actually just some breaking news. Yes, we have some breaking news, which isn't strictly sport-related, but we thought we'd bring it to you anyway. Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister, has announced that there is indefinite travel ban announced, so Australians cannot travel overseas. Mm. So that's to come into immediate effect, and apparently this might take months before this ban is lifted, so that's... um, yeah, very got interesting. Travel plans. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah, if you are traveling overseas, no, too bad. My mum was actually tra- planning on traveling to Cambodia with her sister, so 
That's mm. off the table now. Speaking and of- she was a- sorry uh, before I let you continue. She was actually considering. Uh, maybe postponing the trip mm. uh, or even cancelling it. So it looks like now she will have to cancel it. Yeah. Relating this back to sport, does that mean um, this will obviously have to come out later mm. and we'll find out later, but mm. does this mean the uh, the Olympics is cancelled for Australia? It does. Yeah. It does. It means that the Olympics is not happening for Australia. They were supposed to take place in Tokyo in uh, July or August of this year, but now that that ban has been imposed, it means, yep, no more Olympic team. Yeah, I... I- Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get an exemption for this, and I don't think we should, honestly. But, um, mm. yeah, that's that's really disappointing. Mm. And another announcement Scott Morrison has made is that there are restrictions on indoor crowds. So it's limited to, I believe it was 100 people, Jacob? Yeah, 100 before? people for indoor crowds, yep. uh, excluding uh, public transport, mm. education, and health services. Mm. So if you're tra- travelling uh, to a uni or a school, or if you're in a hospital or a pharmacy, mm. you're all right to have more than 100. Outside yeah. of that, it is considered non-essential and um, it cannot happen. Okay. So now that uh, there's a limit on 100 people, where does that leave the AFL and the NRL and all these other sports where you need that number of people to support the team? Well, I imagine, unfortunately, that uh, the announcement coming from Gillen McLaughlin later will mm. be uh, simply postponing the um, the... Uh, competition. Hmm. The problem there is we don't know how long this is going to be a situation for, and if we're po- uh, imposing six-month travel ban, that's going to be a long time for the AFL to have to wait to start the season. Yes, and it unfortunately, is. Unfortunately, I think that um, hmm. we might be hearing the worst-case scenario hmm. being it gets cancelled. It that might even be the case. Yes. Um, so, but. <laughs> I mean, this is a lot to take in right now, mm. but we will take you through uh, the developments which have happened since our Monday show. Now, what happened on Monday evening was that Gillan McLaughlin held a press conference and he announced that the AFL would be reduced to 17 rounds, but he was open to increasing the season if mm. need be. It was scheduled to go ahead tomorrow with the season opener between Richmond and Carlton, which would have been a fizzer anyway. Cause, you know, As of the moment, <laughs> yeah. it still is. I mm-hmm. wonder if they're going to try and mm. fit that in, but... Mm. Don't get your hopes up on this one. No, and according to Gillan McLaughlin, he wanted to schedule the first four rounds as normal. Mm. Uh, the chief of the AFL Players Association, Paul Marsh, then came out in a press conference the next day and said that the players were happy to have the full 22 rounds and were willing to play until Christmas, if need be. That would have been an interesting one, to have uh, maybe two Boxing Day matches. <laughs> yes, it would have been. Grand, a grand final on Boxing Day. Um, yeah, so... That is pretty much what happened until this point. Another, another big one to go on would yeah. be um, McLaughlin also confirmed uh, that he held conversations with the AF, uh, AFLPA CEO, uh, Paul Marsh, mm. over the prospect of players taking pay cuts due to this. Mm. And um, that that's pretty big to say to a player, hey, we want you to play under already pretty awkward circumstances mm. and take a huge pay cut which they'd need to do to keep a lot of these uh, clubs alive. Well, they do, because the AFL won't have the money coming in. If they don't have Mm. crowds, then they can't bring in the funds. Um, I imagine that there'll be some sponsors who go bust over this whole COVID situation, so there's not so much money coming in there. Uh, Goodness me. (laughs) It's very hard to have a positive outlook at the moment, isn't it, Jacob? Yeah, there's not much that's going to be happening, really. Mm. It's um, this pretty much ban sport in Australia for a while. It it looks like it, yes. Um, 
Uh, Unless you're into uh, like an empty stadium boxing arena, it's not really much coming out. Uh, Well, we could also say as well that the AFL did make a statement regarding the state league, so the VFL, the Waffle, etc., etc. They said that the programs will be postponed until May, as Jake had mentioned in our first discussion. And the benefit, or what they were hoping to do of that, rather, was take the players who would usually go to the VFL, play in the reserves, and mm. put them back in the AFL, and that way they have a bigger pool of talent to draw from. That, mm. The idea with that, though, I feel, was uh, there was rumours going around that they were going to try and crunch um, seasons, uh, sorry, the weeks together. So you'd have three rounds in one week, which, mm. from a physical standpoint, is unrealistic, and obviously uh, players would be getting injured left, right, and centre. Mm. Um, and I imagine that VFL coming back in would try to... Um, I guess, cover up for that, which it really wouldn't work. And Mm. I'm more happy with them postponing and or cancelling. Okay. Before we head into our next song, Jacob, I do want to put to you this theoretical question because Richmond are the Premiers. (laughs) They've won two out of the last three years of Premiership and they are playing against Carlton, who are... Diminos of football, essentially. Oh, they've had they had a good run, uh, late run last year. They were surprisingly good, and they gave Richmond a run for their money. Actually, okay, I'm still not convinced though. Uh, given everything that's happened, though, should we just hand the Tigers the win tomorrow night? As a Collingwood fan, I am disgusted by that. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few good teams that uh, mm. look. The four this year was going to be an interesting one with GWS looking powerful, Collingwood, West Coast, mm. Brisbane. It, it It's un- unfortunate, but hmm. 2021 looks good. <laughs> For you, maybe. For the Bombers, it's not looking so good at all. You uh, might get some injuries back. Yeah. <laughs> we're on your radio. We're online. We're digital. We're everywhere. Sin Media. We're where young people run the show. We're going to be... It doesn't seem like there's much point, really, but we're going to be going into the news about the National Rugby League right now. And before we begin... This uh, discussion, we want to firstly apologise because we didn't cover it on the show last week, despite mm. the fact that round one was last week and the opener was last Thursday. There's just too much going on right now. Mm. Uh, but uh, we can get into uh, what is happening or what's supposed to happen. Uh, what's happening as of the moment. Yeah, at, at the moment. What's happening as of the moment. What. The plans are. Okay, so tomorrow night there is going to be a game between Canterbury and North Queensland. That will be happening in Sydney. Now, the Bulldogs lost last week to the Eels, but they are the favourites against the Cowboys. So it, it looks like they might have the win there. Uh, we've also got the on Friday night, it's a double header. We've got the Dragons playing the Panthers. Then we've got the Broncos up against the Rabbitohs. The first game's in Sydney, the second's in Brisbane. Mm. Saturday, the 21st of March. Oh, this is going to be a fizzer. We've got the New Zealand Warriors playing the Canberra Raiders. Now, here's the interesting thing it's being played on the Gold Coast, and New Zealand, of course, need to travel here to play the game, so it's probably not likely that's going to happen. Well, yeah, that game would have just been cancelled. Yeah, so, there. Sorry, Warriors. Uh, (laughs) Not that they would have won anyway. Uh, Now, uh, also on Saturday, we've got the Roosters playing the Sea Eagles, and I believe that the Roosters are the favourite there. They should be, yeah. We've got the Prime Minister's beloved Sharkies playing the Melbourne Storm. Now, the Storm 
had a, a comprehensive win last week against the Manly Sea Eagles. So, and uh, but the Sharks are playing at home, so could be anybody's game there. Mm. Uh, the Balmain Tigers or the West Tigers, as they're known as now, are playing against the Newcastle Knights. The Knights had a big win against the Warriors last week, but I think uh, the Tigers might have this one. Yeah. Home ground advantage. And then finally on the Sunday evening, we've got the Titans playing the Eels on the Gold Coast. Uh, I think the Eels have that one. Yeah, I feel like that one's a little bit uh, one-sided. Yep. Uh, So those are the games which are happening this weekend in the NRL. Now, as for last weekend, it was really interesting because the ban on public gatherings had yet to be enacted. So we saw full stadiums for the first round. And as the weekend progressed, they developed a little rule where the ball went into the stands. They couldn't return it to the field of play. They had to wash it in an esky twice and then make the players uh, use a new ball for the rest of the game. Makes sense, and I I understand the decision. And look, I mean, there's not much they could have done. I'm just happy to see that people actually return the ball. Mm. Um. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't happen so long ago. No, they just kept it for themselves. Mm. Uh, yeah, and yeah, no, it's it's a weird one because there's not much we can talk on confidently here because of the ban and uh, obviously, as we said before, uh, the Warriors can't get over. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to work. Um, if the NRL continues at all, they're going to have to shift things around and um, change up the entire fixture. Mm. Could they play via Skype, perhaps? Do you think Skype? that would work? <laughs> So they have one team at one end, and then they video conference with the other team. They go, all right, here's what I plan on doing here. Now I plan on tackling you. But And, yeah, no, it wouldn't work. That was a stupid idea. Why I, 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 like, I like the idea. I'd love to see it happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Live broadcast. <laughs> yeah, this, this is the kind of morning we're having, listeners. It's just silly ideas abound. Uh, uh, well, what else can we say about the NRL? Not a lot, really. Are you a fan of the NRL, Jacob, just out of interest? A little bit. I I follow it kind of. Mm. Um, It's not something I follow actively, but if it's on, I'll have a look. And every Mm. month or so, uh, I'd have a look and say, like, oh, right now, Mm. uh, the Knights are on top of the ladder. I guess I'll uh, I'll keep an eye on them. Mm. And uh, closer to the end of the season, I get a little bit more interested, but um, it's not an active following like I would with AFL. Okay, so for me, I just keep track of the Storm and watch the NRL final, and that's it. Mm. I don't bother about the rest of the teams the rest of the season because I'm so preoccupied with AFL and cricket and everything else, all the other sports in the world. Now, uh, speaking of the Melbourne Storm, it was Billy Slater, who's like their star, their main attraction, who said at a press conference over the weekend he was unsure as to why the season was going ahead and he wasn't comfortable with it continuing Yeah, regarding everything that's happening. A lot of sports stars have been saying that. I mean, Lewis Hamilton said it last week prior to the Melbourne Grand Prix, and I think that was one of the reasons why uh, the F1 fraternity decided it was best to pull out, because, again, their main star was like, "Uh, do you think so, guys? Really? Mm. Mm. I could be wrong on exactly who it is, but I'm pretty sure Paddy Dangerfield put out the same um, Mm. uh, idea. And, uh, look, I mean, you can't blame them. It's not Mm. a place you'd want to be playing in. Obviously, with the uncertainty... Uh, you're better off going home, resting up, than putting out for a couple matches that uh, are going to be cancelled, as uh, has seen here. I can't imagine being a Warriors player or fan right now and going, well, season's over already. Yeah. And, yeah. like, it's not even... They, they don't have a, a, a say in the matter, are they? It's, no. It's a sad one. It's a very sad one. Now, there is some 
silver lining in this big grey cloud that we call COVID, and that is because our sports stars won't be travelling overseas, uh, they will get to stay home. So Mm. there is the very slim opportunity that we could be seeing a lot more domestic sport. We could be seeing uh, more rugby union. I know that the super rugby season is just, the rest of it's been cancelled, so that means that the Australian teams are here in the country, might be able to see them play. We've also, of course, uh, got the Australian Kangaroos, who are the rugby league team. I imagine that, yeah, they won't be travelling overseas anytime soon. The cricketers won't be travelling, so, you know, there's the opportunity to play more domestic games, particularly Mm. up north. That's given that the ban doesn't cause any, uh, the gathering ban doesn't cause any problems there. That's true, yes. Um, But another silver lining would be, Mm. even if sport doesn't go through as well as we probably want it to Mm. this year, uh, going into next year, Given that these players have had time to rest, mm. they'll be going into a season with very, very few injuries. True. And I imagine True. we'll be going into what could arguably be one of the most competitive seasons next year. And honestly, a good way to start off the decade. Um, just a bit late. <laughs> yeah. We're on your radio. We're online. We're digital. We're everywhere. Sin Media. Yep. Now, we're going to bring it up a little bit, make it a little bit more um, happier, I guess. Yes, with some we, of need our this. we need this. Favorite sporting moments from the 2010s. Oh, we need this so desperately. It's, 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 a, it's a dull day. <laughs> it is a very dull day. Of course, this is 2020. We're into a new decade, but we have been thinking about the last decade a lot over mm. the past few weeks and months. It's been a months. great decade for sport. It was a great decade for sport. I'm going to start with my number one pick, and that was Michael Clark's 329 not out against India at the SCG. Oh. What an absolutely wonderful day. Now, at the time, he didn't have a bat sponsor, and he was wearing the McGrath Foundation on his stickers. I, re- I reckon all those sponsors are kicking themselves now. Oh, would be, without a doubt. <laughs> because, yeah, he managed to um, yeah make the score. And India at the time, they're not the powerhouse they are now, let's be fair. They were mm. going through a bit of a rough patch there. But um, they were still one of the best teams in cricket, and... Uh, the Australian team at the time it was you know a bit loose a bit wobbly but Michael Clark he was the captain he was in top form I mean he could not be faulted I mean people mm. look at Steve Smith and Dave Warner these days and think oh yeah they're the next Bradman but back at the time people were seriously saying that Clark was a modern day Bradman I'm he not was surprised. he was an incredible cricketer I mean say what you like about his personality about his captaincy about his on-field demeanor. I thought his captaincy was okay, to be honest. But yeah, he was a phenomenal batsman. And to make this score and to, you know, quite selflessly uh, call a declaration after his teammate Mike Hussey had made 150 before he had the opportunity to beat Don Bradman's uh, immortal score of 334. Mm. Um, yeah, he just decided to walk off the field. And, of course, they did have a game to win, and they won the game. And it was just a masterclass in batting, that was. Yeah, so. could you imagine if he beat Bradman's score, though? Oh, everyone would have gone. I mean, it, we saw what happened when Dave mm. Warner did it. The crowd just went off. Oh, <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Da- yeah. Understandably. I mean, yeah. it, it's an amazing feat. It's an incredible feat. Yeah, of course, uh, he's, the, neither of them are the highest Australian uh, run scorers. That's title belongs to Matthew Hayden, who made 380, and he was beaten not long after by Brian Lara, who made a score of 400, not out. Mm. Yes. Okay, let's move on to your pick, Jacob, and this is no surprise <laughs> at all, really. So, so uh, for me, it has to be the Collingwood-St. Kilda Grand Final from 2010, mm. both the draw 
and the rematch. Oh yeah, I um, forgot there was a draw. I mean, in fact, a lot of people forget there was a draw unless you're a St Kilda fan. Yeah, just, <laughs> just. A- <laughs> I'm sorry to all of our Saints fans listening. Ooh. <laughs> no, but um, just to run back, so anyone who might have forgotten, the scores were on the draw day. Uh, nine, sorry, nine goals, fourteen, sixty-eight, Collingwood. Um, and ten goals, six, uh, sorry, ten goals, eight sixty-eight. Of course, mm. for St Kilda. Now, this as a Collingwood fan, looking back, we should not have gotten that close. Mm. We had a lot, a lot of very, very lucky bounces. Um, I know for the next five years, there was uh, within Collingwood's community uh, the famous the bounce, mm. um, <laughs> and just a reminder that you know the weird egg-shaped ball. Is an amazing little thing. It is an amazing <laughs> thing. It could go either way, and sometimes it just goes the way you want it to. And I also think it's probably one of the best examples of maybe the strongest teams of the decade. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, I would like, say so. Current Richmond would give them a bit of a run. Uh, Hawthorne with their three-peat team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There have been some strong teams, but Collingwood and St Kilda coming out of um, the noughties, uh, you know, they... They were some of the best, and it, like unfortunately for St Kilda, um, the rematch was kind of one-sided. It was a very one-sided. It was a capacity crowd, if I remember correctly. More than 100,000 mm. people turned up. Oh, those were the days. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Collingwood won the next game convincingly. But I suppose that is what football is all about. I mean, you need mm. to be performing consistently week on week. You can't just you know put all your effort into the one game. But then again, the teams might not have known they'd be playing a game the next week. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember news coverage going on everywhere, mm. and I think it was Julia Gillard at the time yep. who actually announced that there would be a rematch. Which <laughs> can you imagine Scott Morrison coming on to go? Oh, we're going to have a rematch for uh, Richmond and GWS again. Oh, he, he doesn't know how football works. He's an NRL fan. Uh, true, true. <laughs> sorry, Mr. Morrison, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> returning to cricket now, another one of my picks was the. Uh, Ashes tour of 2013-14 where England came to Australia so the previous year Michael Clark made his phenomenal 329 not out and on this particular occasion the Aussies absolutely trounced England 5-0 Mitchell Johnson taking 34 wickets for the series being man of the series that first match in Brisbane where Michael Clark threatened to break Jimmy Anderson's arm never forget that mm. uh, of course we don't condone that no, no, <laughs> definitely don't do that. Don't but, condone it, but it, but it, it yeah, was But, yeah, one of the strongest Australian teams we've ever seen, um, headed by one of the best captains we've ever seen, um, and a pretty strong England side as well. I mean, we can't underestimate them. They had a great bowling attack. They had some great batman, batsmen there. But still, they dominate the Australians in England, but they can't dominate overseas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was. I see this as retribution for the time that England won in Australia, for them winning the last the two England tours that the Australian tours sandwiched between. So yeah, it just felt like sweet revenge. <laughs> sweet revenge is what I'd call it. Speaking of sweet revenge, oh, yes, yes, my one. So I've got the 2018 semi-final, mm. uh, Richmond versus Collingwood. Mm. Now I'm not sure if you remember, but going into it, no one in their right mind thought. Collingwood was going to win. Even Collingwood fans were going, uh, this is going to be a bit of a no, Richmond game. all the momentum was with Richmond. And I do remember that. I think one of my favourite things being a Collingwood fan is being able to upset people mm. by winning, yeah. um, <laughs> especially as convincingly as we did. Mm. Mason Cox had the game of his life. Mm. 
um, Dugowie, all sorts. And just looking back, it's such a fun game to look at because it's it's watching a crowd um, turn really quickly and mm. go, whoa, what's happening here? Mm. This shouldn't be happening. This is an exciting game. Mm. And I... Unfo- no, no, I did get to watch this one. Um, and I was at a friend's place and I had to turn it on about halfway through and... I was yelling and screaming at the TV. I was ringing my dad halfway through going, we've made it, we're going. <laughs> and, oh, and, of course, you did make it to the grand final that year. We don't talk about what happened the week later. <laughs> that's, that's just, we're not talking about that yet. <laughs> no, but I, I honestly, um, as, as a Collingwood fan, as someone who's you know, watched all the semis um, and all the chances we've had, getting to the grand final is more exciting to me than the actual grand final because it's, that last step, you're almost at the podium. And, of it, course, your team is renowned for having the what's called the Collie Wobbles. Yes. You've lost more grand finals than any other team in history. Look, I mean, we've made more than any other. Mm. <laughs> it, it's a, uh... I'm, I'm sorry to bring that up. Um, All good. But uh, you are listening to the Sports Desk on Sin on a Wednesday with Jacob and Tom. We are currently discussing our favourite sporting moment from the last decade, 2010 to 2019, because there's not much else happening in the world right now. Yeah. Okay. My pick, uh, following on from the AFL, is the Western Bulldogs and their 2016 AFL season. Now, our co-producer Caleb, he's a dog supporter. He'll be absolutely rapt to hear this. Uh, but no, what a phenomenal year. I mean, this is a team which had their best players sidelined through injury. Their captain, of course, mm. Bob Murphy, he had to sit out a full season. They had to bring in lots of their players from the reserves. And they still managed to win the 2016 Grand Final. And also, bearing in mind, they came from eighth on the ladder. Okay, They had to play and win three consecutive weeks of football just to make it there. It was the first Grand Final they'd made in decades, and it was eventually their first win in 53 years. Oh, yeah. What a team. And you, you, I... It just absolutely amazes me. I mean, when you also consider that Luke Beveridge, the previous season, they were talking of sacking him, and then he completely turns it, much like Damien Hardwick has done Mm. with the Tigers, he's just developed this really positive culture within the team. He's got everybody supporting one another, um, you know, getting everybody in the crew together after the game to sing the team's song. You know, he has done wonders for that club. Mm. And even though they haven't been doing so well the past couple of years, you know, it... Everyone wants to be a part of the Bulldogs now. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Even, even going into this year, while the season was uh, still looking bright, mm. um, they were all. I've every list I've seen, everybody predicting their eight in their top four. Uh, the Bulldogs were in that eight as a possible uh, fourth place. They're they're in contention again, and this is mm. something that three or four, not three or four years mm. ago, but five, six, seven years ago, you wouldn't have dreamt about. And no, not at all. No, and that that that's, 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 that that season. That was an amazing season to watch because um, I don't. I'm not a doggies fan myself, obviously, but um, I remember getting really hyped and really excited to watch them mm. uh, make it through. And that grand final, oh, mm. the it was inspirational to watch. It and, was, it oh. was just absolutely beautiful stuff. Now, Jacob, what's your next pick for the best sporting moments of the 2010s? So my one, so my next one is actually last year, mm. and I love the game because it had me on the edge of my seat the entire time, even mm. if it was heartbreaking. Mm. Uh, so the 2019 uh, prelim between Collingwood and GWS. Mm-hmm. Now, we came so, so close to it. Mm. And 
admittedly, the first three quarters aren't much. It's Collingwood getting wiped. Yeah. Uh, that last quarter was some of the best and most on-your-edge uh, footy I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, we got five goals, five points uh, within uh, about 20 minutes, and we spent the next 10 minutes in the forward line a goal away from uh, winning. Mm. And every time you got anywhere near the square, you could hear this crowd just build up and build yeah. up and build up. I was sitting there, and I remember uh, watching it. Um, my dad had walked out because three-quarter time, we didn't look like we were even mm. in the game. And I remember calling him over and going, hey, uh, we're, we're actually in this. We might <laughs> we might pull this off. Mm. And um, no, I think as much as it was a loss, it was the most entertaining game mm. for the last 10 or so minutes. I specifically remember there was a moment, Pen- Pendlebury actually, mm. running into the square, ball in hand. He's kicked it. And about a meter out from the goal square, uh, from the goal, mm-hmm. uh, it's smothered. And like, as much as it was heartbreaking, mm. I remember going, oh, "No!" <laughs> and like genuine emotion. And ah, mm. oh, I don't think you can get that from too many games the way you can from that. Well, not anymore. No. No. <laughs> oh dear. I'm sorry to bring the mood down, everybody. But oh, um, I've got one more to share with everybody. And that is uh, Tennis Australian Open, Roger Federer's 2017 title win. It was his first major in, I think, four or five years. He was playing against his old rival, Rafael Nadal. He was nearing 40, and he managed to win in five sets. It was a phenomenal game, and just everybody at Melbourne Park was in Roger's quarter. Everybody loves Roger, Mm. and to see his sheer... Jubilation as he won. It was extraordinary. I mean, this was a man who's been through so much, like injury wise, Mm. and to come back and to win at an age where most tennis players would be, you know, in the veterans tournament. Yeah. It's just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it it was just such a beautiful moment. And it was also at a time of great uncertainty around Mm. the world. I mean, compared with now, I mean, it seems like nothing. But, yeah, at the time, a lot of people were really worried about where the world is heading. To see him win was like, yes, everything's okay. <laughs> Everything is okay in the world. Yeah, every now and then you just need that kind of moment mm. and uh, it makes a difference. And before we wrap up, Jacob, you've got uh, two more picks just quickly. Uh, well, I'm going to go through just one of them. Yep. Um, so, as, as I've said uh, previously, I w- I'm a big uh, professional wrestling fan. Yep. And um, I know it's whether or not it's a sport is up to, up to debate. But um, in 2011, uh, Adam Copeland, or Edge, was forced to retire. Mm. In the 2020 Royal Rumble, uh, he returned uh, nine years after a sty- spinal stenosis, mm. an injury that you do not recover from mm. um, at all. Uh, and if you want to see, I guess, someone just loving the fact they're back someone I, I remember watching him uh, come out and almost crying because this bloke was my favourite for years and you could see it on his face he was enjoying it and I think as much as yeah it's predetermined um, that kind of moment is one of the best things to see in any sport hmm. that kind of return as you said Federer yeah. um, it's that kind of stuff you live for and you know maybe coming back 2020 uh, 2021 sorry mm. Um, we'll get some big returns. We'll get some of the big names coming back. We'll get, I imagine, we'll get a last season for uh, players like Ablett, mm. uh, Pendlebury must be close now, and you know this will be a good send off. And you can imagine you'll see, like in this video, uh, if you search it up, mm. the passion in their eyes, and you know that's unmistakable. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, send offs, Tom Brady of the New England Patriots. Yes. This is going. You- 
the National Football League in the US. He recently announced he won't be doing another season. This will be it for him, so he won't get the fairy tale send off, unfortunately. Sad, isn't it? Oh, gee, there's not a lot to live for these days. Is there? <laughs> no, no, I'm, ki- I'm kidding. I don't mean that at all. I'm no. There's plenty more to be hopeful for. Uh, we're going to um, wrap it up there. Um, we don't know whether we'll be back next week, Jacob and I. We're unsure no. what's happening with our other shows. Uh, if Friday's show is going ahead, it'll be on at 9am. Good luck to everyone. Um, we've talked today about the coronavirus, AFL, NRL, and just to lift everybody's spirits, you know, talking about our favourite sporting moment of the 2010s. Don't forget to check out our socials. We've got uh, facebook.com forward slash sportsdesk. SYN and also at Sportsdesk SYN on Twitter and Facebook. And you can also check us out on syn.org.au. Later today, we'll be uploading the interview that Jacob and I did with Jack Thiessen from the show last week. This has been the Sports Desk with Jacob and Tom. We'll catch up with you soon. Bye.